0: Wins the game at the puzzle. here we go welcome to another edition of the gunshot we're back again my name is grant gunn i'm joined as always with my sister lauren writer at mavsmoneyball.com and co-host of the blue hardwood podcast with lauren we had a busy trade deadline before we dive into everything that happened do you want to talk about some of the things that didn't happen are you surprised that kyle lowry didn't get moved
1: I am surprised Kyle Lowry didn't get moved. I I understand where Toronto is coming from with, hey, we're not going to budge. We're going to hold strong. At the same time, you're looking at a team like Miami. And I said, I I sent out a tweet before the trade deadline day, the final day where I said, I think he's going to be a member of the Miami Heat because I thought that they had a lot of young assets to try and, and trade. I wasn't surprised that they didn't include Tyler Hero in that deal. And I don't think that they should have but they had like Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Precious Chiwa, you had young assets that you could have included in there to to send Toronto's way. And I thought that that would have been able to get it done. Same goes for Philadelphia, but then uh, they got George Hill. And then personally, I just didn't really think that the Lakers or the Clippers offers would have been strong enough. So my eyes were always looking at Miami and Philly, but yeah, I'm very surprised something didn't get done there. What about you?
0: Yeah, me too. It's kind of interesting. You mentioned George Hill. Another guy that went out was Rondo. Um, Mm -hmm. It was definitely a market for these ball-handling, playmaking guys. And so Lowry is, in my book, a little bit ahead of Rondo and George Hill, definitely. Definitely. Um, And so I I was definitely surprised he didn't get moved. Um, It was a weird position where he was probably one of the better veterans on the market. Um, And so the asking price was higher. At the same time, you're looking at a guy that could potentially only be a six month rental. And so you've got, to, you've got a way. All right. What am I willing to give up as a team? Is he really going to launch me into championship contention or take me over the top? Um, so I was a little surprised he didn't get moved. Um, because I'd like to think that Toronto would have gotten something for him. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I kind of like it. I like Toronto saying, Hey, we're, yeah. we're not going to take anything we don't want. And Kyle, we're, we're more than happy to let you decide where you want to go. I agree. So were there any other guys you want to talk about? I wrote a couple names down of guys that didn't get moved. Rumors about Lonzo were flying around, Lowry um, and then Aldridge obviously hit the buyout market as well as DeMar DeRozan um, potentially had rumors going around. Are there any of those guys you want to talk about?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about Lonzo. I, it's no secret that I am a big fan of Lonzo. I think you're, uh, as far as I know, a big fan of Lonzo. Um, so yeah, I was a little surprised that, that they didn't move them. I'm not sure what their plans are for this summer. Maybe you get a little bit more time. Maybe you try to continue to to strengthen that connection between Lonzo and Zion, Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. Uh, but I'm not sure what the direction is there. I know, I mean, we just the Mavericks just played uh New Orleans, what, yesterday? Was it yeah, I believe it was yesterday. And Kyrie Lewis, who they drafted this year, had a had a solid game against us. And and Eric Bledsoe is, is their starting point guard. So no secret that Stan Van Gundy likes those uh, veteran point guards. Um, and so that kind of just leaves you asking, well, where does Lonzo fit in this? And if there isn't a place for him, well, why not move him? And so, uh, I know there had been some chatter about getting Lonzo to the bulls. He would be a great fit next to Zach Levine. Uh, and maybe you could have seen like a, a marking in for, for Lonzo swap. I thought that that would have been a decent move is as Steven Adams continues to get older, uh, I mean, Markkinen would have been, if he can stay healthy, I think it'd be a pretty complimentary fit next to uh, next to Zion. They would balance each other out pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised something along those lines didn't happen. I just thought it would have been a kind of a, another deal where you might see like a win for both sides. So, yeah, I think Mark between Markkinen and Lonzo, I was surprised that neither of those guys got moved with Markkinen. Um, I know you and I had talked a little bit about well, they moved off Wendell. Does that mean they're gonna move off Markenden too? But uh, it's no secret that the fit between Vooch and, and Markinen isn't necessarily ideal. Uh, and he did not sign a rookie extension this this past offseason. So I think that there would have been some moves that they could have made there, get something back. But if they weren't getting any offers that they that didn't really speak to them, I'm not I guess I'm not too surprised that they didn't just settle. Uh, but yeah, I think this opens things up for this, this off season, especially with Lonzo. I think he's going to draw a lot of interest. I know he's got my, I mean, he's got my interest. That's for sure. What about you? What do you think?
0: Yeah. Lonzo is one of those guys that I think is just a perfect fit anywhere. He's a good defender, good facilitator, and he shoots the three for as many questions as there were surrounding his shot coming into the league. He's only gotten better every single mm-hmm. season. Um, which is what you hope of guys, but it doesn't always go that way. So the fact that right. it has, I think, has been a huge positive for Lonzo. Um, so yeah, I was a—I don't want to say I was surprised he he didn't get moved because I think the Pelicans are in a position to do what they want. They—they mm-hmm. they, he's Lonzo's going to be a restricted free agent this summer, so there was no need for him or for them to go out and move him just because. Right. Um, sure. I think he, he can be part of their long-term plan in the future. I don't know that Bledsoe has much of a spot uh, moving forward. So I, I feel like, I mean, I talk about Lonzo's fit anywhere. I think he's kind of perfect, and, and maybe he doesn't want to be there, and that's a different discussion. Um, but no need to go move him unless you were just absolutely getting blown away by the offer, and from all accounts, it doesn't seem like that was ha- that happened. So um, I guess I'm not super surprised that Lonzo didn't get moved when I when mm-hmm. look at it. Uh, you touched on Markkanen. I think I was surprised he didn't get moved until they moved on from Wendell Carter. I don't think they needed to go from or move away from both of those guys. Um, and, and we'll dive more into, to kind of what Chicago did later. Um, so, so ultimately, I guess, not surprised about marketing. Um, I do want to talk about LaMarcus Aldridge because mm-hmm. obviously he has since been bought out and joined the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it seems everybody is joining the Brooklyn Nets at this <laughs> point, um, but we, we talked about our last pod. We talked about are some of these teams who normally wouldn't have a shot at a guy like Aldridge, are they willing to go trade for him and make a move uh, to keep him, not only keep him from going to the super team, um, but acquire a guy who could actually help. And so mm-hmm. he's not a guy who was going to possibly come to some of these teams. We, we threw out maybe, maybe Portland goes in mm-hmm. and, and tries to, to buy him back. Uh, and so I was a little surprised that no team threw San Antonio an offer. And maybe San Antonio was trying to do right by him and let him kind of choose because I have no doubt teams at least reached out. Uh, but I was yeah. a little surprised nobody gave San Antonio an offer that they weren't going to entertain. Um, we talked about more about this. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I, I immediately look at Portland and I guess even Miami too a little bit, but being that they were prioritizing the Kyle Lowry conversation and even Depot and look at what happened there. Uh, I can see why the LaMarcus Aldridge thing might've fallen by the wayside, but yeah, look at Portland. I mean, they had a good, they had a good trade di- deadline. They got, they got Norman Powell, but specifically with LaMarcus Aldridge, that would have been a solid boost for them. They're getting Nurkic back uh, soon. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but I know he's coming back. Um so if you get Lamarcus Aldridge and you throw him in there, that like that's a that's a solid upgrade. You just got C.J. McCollum back. You're introducing Norman Powell. You're getting Nur- Nurkic back. And if you bring in Lamarcus Aldridge, like that is a good that's a good little midseason boost for Portland. And I don't think it would have cost too too much for them, uh, even if you were to to move Ennis Canter just. I'm assuming that his contract is is probably closest to Lamarcus Aldridge's. Uh, I'm not sure what Portland would have been been looking at money wise, but yeah, I think that that would have been a great move for a team like Portland to make. Um, so I'm not I'm not really sure what the holdup was there, or maybe if if Portland just wasn't if they didn't really have their eyes on that. I don't I I'm with you. I don't doubt that there were offers that came in, um, but yeah maybe it was san antonio just trying to do him a solid and and giving him more of that that flexibility and and freedom to make his own decision and in my mind that had to be what what would have happened because there's no way they didn't at least get some offers uh for lamarcus
0: aldridge for sure Uh, we talked about um last pod the buyout market and our our thoughts and feelings around there Mm -hmm. um we saw the dallas mavericks our our own home team um go out and and make a trade it sounds like jj reddick by all accounts set to be bought out and had plans to join the nets as well Mm -hmm. um but dallas came in and threw new orleans an offer that i guess they couldn't refuse it was was (laughs) worth it sounded like they were going to lose him anyway so they they acquired wesley Wondo, a young wing um james johnson who is an expiring contract not a ton of value there but but definitely a veteran presence Um, but they got a second round pick out of it too and so for them it was kind of like hey kind of a a no-lose situation here. Uh, But that was an example where a team came in and bought a guy who otherwise would have just walked away um, kind of unscathed. And so I'm a little surprised that nothing happened around Aldridge. I agree. Um, Lauren, is there anything you want to talk about? Otherwise, I think we should take a break and then we can dive back in to some of our favorite trades and some of our least favorite trades from the deadline. All right. Welcome back. Lauren and I are going to break down some of our favorite trades and our least favorite trades from the deadline. Lauren, I'll let you go first. You want to start with least favorite or favorite? I don't know if we should go good to bad or bad to good.
1: <laughs> I think we should end on a good note, so I'm going to say my vote is, is start with bad.
0: That's that's a good a good way to do it. You go ahead.
1: Okay, by far <laughs> my least favorite trade of the day was the Boston Celtics acquiring Evan Fournier for two second round picks and Jeff Teague. I. The reason I did not like that trade, I like it for Orlando because they don't have to take any salary back and you're getting two second-round picks. So for Orlando, not bad. For Boston, everyone was looking at that trade exception and these picks that they've got, some of these movable contracts, and was like, okay, maybe they'll go get Harrison Barnes. Maybe they'll get Aaron Gordon. It's no secret that they've got to address this front-court problem. They have no front-court. I mean, well, they need more. They need more help. And they went out and got a scoring wing. Evan Fournier will give them a boost. Everyone can always use an offensive boost, but that was a I'm still looking at Boston saying if they didn't address this front, if they didn't get a dominant big or a big that can play some defense going into playoffs, they're going to get just manhandled by Milwaukee, by Philly, by uh the Bucks. Like it's they're in going to be in, in a lot of trouble. And they didn't, I mean, they got Mo Wagner and they got uh, who else did they get? They Luke Cornette was the other one. That is not going to get it done in the East <laughs> this year. So for me, when I saw that trade, I was like, okay, I mean, yeah. Evan Fournier, 19 points, four rebounds, three and a half assists this year. That's a solid boost, but you did not address your main problem. And to me, that is a problem. And if I'm a Boston fan, I'm not too happy about it. What What was your least favorite trade? And what were your thoughts on the Boston trade?
0: Yeah, I think the Celtics felt like they had to do something.
1: Yeah, I agree. This, I agree with this that. this was
0: it. And so... I, I don't know. I haven't dug too deep into the rumors. There are always, I think somebody somebody tweeted uh, their their favorite part of trade trade deadline is is the aftermath of all the trades that Danny <laughs> Ainge almost made. Um, <laughs> so there are always plenty oh of my rumors gosh. about what Danny Ainge is involved in. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this was the move they looked at and said, "Well, all right, it's not. It's definitely not going to hurt. It's a is a guy who's going to come in and help." Um, but like you said, not enough to put them over the East. That was actually my least favorite trade as well. Really? You stole that from me. But my, Sorry. Ne- my, le- my next least favorite uh, was was the Olin Depot to the Heat trade. Um, there were tons of rumors flying around. Um, there wasn't much of a market for Olin Depot. It right. sounded like, by all accounts, he's going to Miami this summer anyway. So no one really wanted to come in and spend too many draft picks or give up an asset when – it didn't sound like he was going to be anywhere long-term except Miami. So the fact that Miami went in and did that um, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Miami's been an interesting team this year. They started out real slow, battling some injuries. Then they kind of went on a tear and popped back up into the standings, and it looked like maybe they were right in the ship. But then they are – I think they're losers of six straight now. I mean, they, they're they just kind of all over the place. So mm-hmm. I don't know that Depot – I mean, Depot's definitely not going to hurt. I don't know how healthy he is if he's just been sitting because – Houston has been bad. I don't fully know the situation around there, but I didn't love that trade. I mean, they didn't give up a ton either. Um, right. Kelly Olenek is a, is a scorer off the bench. I think he's a great playoff role player, a guy who can kind of provide a punch. Avery Bradley, great 3 and D guy. I don't yeah. know tons of the details around the pick swap. So that's a first round pick, second round pick that could play into that as well. Um, I like it for the Rockets because, I mean, they got off of a guy who didn't want to be there and, and they got a pick swap along the way so i didn't love that for the heat especially because it doesn't seem like this season is their season and their chance to run it back but um for me it was the depot trade
1: yeah i i mean i i hear that one i would say that that was probably right up there with me too and and if i'm looking at miami like you said they're having a, a weird season and you got avery brad you moved off of avery bradley and kelly Olinick. but those are guys that you know maybe you can re- you can replace that that uh what they bring and getting someone like Depot, I mean, that is a boost and that that's a solid, if you're, if you're Miami, I think they make that trade 10 times out of 10, because like you said, it's been a little bit of an up and down, not a little bit. It's been a, a lot of up and down this season. And so if you can kind of get another, you know, star, if you will, in there, maybe that helps things. And you do, I believe they, they now have his bird rights. So that does help them a little bit. And maybe that was worth it for them, especially being that it was pick swaps, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. Uh So I think, Yeah. If you're them, if you're them, you make that, that trade 10 times out of 10 for Houston. Um, as far as the return, whether or not you like it, I think that that was about exactly what you were getting get If somebody traded for him, you were going to have to match the salaries and you were going to get either a second round pick or some sort of pick swap. The return was not going to be overwhelming. So, uh, this was not, I think, this was not the, the Houston trade this year where I think the overwhelm sh- or the, the return should have been overwhelming. So if anyone was expecting a young asset or a first-round pick, I didn't think that that was going to happen. So, um, you know, like you said, you move off of someone that doesn't want to be there, I think that that's always
0: a plus. Yeah, and one more thing I want to go back. Thinking about this whole trade and how they ended up with Depot in the first place, it's kind of astonishing when you look at the fact that they had Karis Levert. The yep. guy in the James Harden trade that they got from Brooklyn, who they immediately turned around and swapped for Depot. And if you're the Pacers, you're probably like, thank you. Like, yes, I absolutely would love for a guy who had made it made it known that he didn't want to be there. Um, maybe Houston were, was hearing something. Maybe Depot would have signed. I, I have no idea why they went and made that trade. Uh, I think in a vacuum, Depot's probably slightly better player than LeVert. Um, but when you turn around and trade Depot for pennies on the dollar, you're just sitting there as a Houston fan like, what are we doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. If I was just one quick thing on that Houston situation, just to kind of rewind a little bit. If I'm Houston, I would have made sure I got Torian Prince, Jared Allen, and Karis Levert. That would have given you, I mean, actually to take it one step further, I would have made sure I got Ben Simmons, but that wasn't on the table. Uh, <laughs> But if you're gonna get, if you're gonna do a trade with the Brooklyn Nets, you can't have all their good. Like they had a solid young package to offer, and everyone was waiting to see is that the package that Houston's gonna take. They take it, but then they just send it away for Rodions Kurik, Dante Exum, and Depot, who doesn't want to be there. So I'm like, my goodness, what are we doing? So uh, just to keep it, I mean, I'm not gonna go down that whole path yet again and talk about how I don't think the picks are necessarily enough of a return, even though there it was a haul of them. Uh, But yeah, to me, that is a big. Big problem.
0: Yeah, real quick, got to pour one out for Houston sports. Losing <laughs> JJ Watt. Deshaun Watson doesn't want to this... be there. The Astros mm-hmm. got caught in a cheating scandal. The Rockets are rough. in the Poor Houston sports. I mean, as a Mavs fan, it doesn't hurt me to see the Rockets <laughs> in the bottom of the West. But at the same time, that poor city right now, they are yeah, struggling. It's rough. So, all right, let's move on. What, what was one of your more favorite trades? Maybe not your absolute favorite, but a trade you really liked.
1: Okay. So this, this wasn't my absolute favorite, but a trade that I did really like was the Aaron Gordon trade. Uh, I think that that was a really solid pickup for Denver. That's, I mean, Jokic is about to make Aaron Gordon look like, I don't even know he's going to make him look so good because his passing is just excellent. I mean, if you think about, uh, Aaron Gordon cut into the rim when everyone's eyes are on Jokic, these lobs, like, I mean, great, he's a defensive, Aaron Gordon's a defensive-minded kind of small ball four, and if he can continue to develop, if he can continue to develop that outside shot while maintaining his health and continuing to be a solid defender, that was an excellent pickup uh, for Denver, and it was no secret that they were shopping Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, who is their rookie this season, and, you know, a DFW prospect, uh, but a guy that you know, he, he was a first round pick. He has some value. So if you have the chance to upgrade while you're trying to make a playoff push, you do it. So the assets that they gave up, uh, I don't think that that really hurts Denver or yeah, Denver at all. If you have the chance to bring in Aaron Gordon at that price, you do it 10 times out of 10. So that was one of my favorite trades of the day.
0: Absolutely. I love that for Denver. Uh, I think they're in a, a unique spot in the West where you could see them sliding down had maybe they not made that trade just because of how competitive things are. Uh, but I think Aaron Gordon, makes them a little scary and we talk about teams you don't want to face um it just adds another dimension to that to that team Uh, so i like that trade i actually kind of like that trade for the magic as well that they add a young beast in rj hampton they are getting a little heavy at guard uh, but that's not always a bad thing and then they grab some first round picks as well as gary harris along the way so so i don't hate that for the magic it sounds like they were at a point where they needed to blow things up or, or maybe move in a new direction um and we'll touch on this a little bit probably when we talk about the Vujovic trade. But the first-round picks – or sorry, not the first-round picks, but the pieces they have pulled together, I don't hate. Like, I look at their roster, uh, and individually there are a lot of guys that I I like. Now, I don't know how things work when you push that all together. We talked about being guard-heavy. They've got R.J. Hampton, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris now. And they just have t- so many guards, so I don't know how this is all going to play out. But when mm-hmm. you look at those guys in a vacuum, those are nice, young pieces. Um, so I don't hate it, but it'll be interesting to see how they kind of take things forward. I want to talk about another trade that I do like. And part of this trade is something – is actually, a lot of these things involved in this trade I don't like. Um, but looking at it as an unbiased NBA standpoint, I think it's a good trade. The Clippers mm-hmm. get Rajon Rondo in exchange for two <laughs> second-round picks and Lou Williams. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great trade for the Clippers. I agree. Uh, Lou Williams obviously is a scorer, uh, helps handle the ball, but I don't think he's the playmaking, facilitating type that Rondo is. Um, And so I think he'll come in. We saw how valuable he was for the Lakers last year in their playoff run. I think he's going to do the exact same thing for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a little bit more pressure taken off of Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, So I really like that move for them. What I absolutely hate is that Lou Williams – Turned around and almost retired because he yeah. got shipped from a contender to Atlanta. Of course, we can go into we could go down <laughs> Lou Lane if we want. But um, Atlanta's not the worst place for Lou. Let's be honest. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I, I hate that these guys just get to a team that they know they're not going to win a championship and they just want to quit. We talked about that last week with the buyout market. Um, So I don't like that. At the same time. Um, all around solid trade for the Clippers The Hawks get a couple picks along the way. So no problems there in my book. What do you, th- what are your thoughts?
1: I'm with you. I loved the trade for the Clippers. Uh, I saw a little bit of blowback on Twitter. People were kind of roasting the the Clippers saying you're giving up Lou Williams, who gives you a solid, like the, arguably the greatest sixth man uh, in Clippers history. I've heard some people say of all time, that's a whole other conversation, but um And two second-round picks for Rondo. And people were just shocked by that. But I'm sitting here and I'm saying, look, you had one mission if you're the Clippers, and that's go get a point guard. Do you think the Clippers care about second-round picks? Because I don't (laughs) think they do. And Lou Williams, yes, uh, he does give you that offensive boost, and he's he's an excellent sixth man. But if you're the Clippers, you had one problem to address. And going back to last... Last, uh, when the Mavs played the Clippers uh, in that first round, the defensive net rating for the Clippers when Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, and Reggie Jackson were on the floor was atrocious. So if you now bring in a point guard, which you needed, who's also a defensive-minded pass-first point guard who has loads of playoff experience, like, that's perfect. That's exactly what they needed. Sean Coleman, uh, this past Offseason season was talking about how, uh, the Lakers might need to pay Rajon Rondo just to keep him from going to the Clippers. Because if he goes to the Clippers, he is kind of this perfect fit and look where he's at now for, for the price of two second round picks and Lou Williams. So, uh, I, am with you. I absolutely like the trade for, uh, for LA. I was not pleased when I saw that Lou Williams was considering retirement. Um, but I guess I'm glad that he's not and has decided otherwise.
0: For sure. Well, Lauren, I've only got one more trade that I absolutely want to talk about as my favorite. The fact that I think there's two trades worth talking about left. So I'll let you tell me what your favorite is. I'll assume it's one of the two that I have to talk about, and then we could talk about the other. So Lauren, what was your favorite trade?
1: Okay, my absolute favorite trade, and I think I, I might like this one a little bit more than you do, uh, is the Vucevic to Chicago trade. I love this trade for so many reasons. You're getting Vuce. You gave up two first-round picks at Grand. You also gave up Wendell Carter Jr., but Vooch is an all-star. He's here right now. The question this entire season that I kept having about Zach Levine is, do you sell on him while his value was sky high and before he's in before he's an expiring? And so many people were like, no, 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 the, the Bulls aren't trading Levine. And not only did they not trade Levine, They didn't trade Thaddeus Young and sell high on him either. And they brought in an all-star. And so next year when Zach Levine is an expiring contract, you've got Billy Donovan in there. You've got AK, the new uh, the new piece of the front office who has gone out and made this move to bring in an all-star, done something with these young pieces and or like this this accumulation of of young assets plus draft picks, and you've gone out and acquired a second all-star. That's huge because it's not just huge for Vooch, who can come in and have an immediate impact. It's huge for Zach Levine because you've shown your star that you're willing to go out and make a tough move to bring in another all-star. And that's huge because we keep seeing year after year teams, whether you're looking at the Anthony Davis situation, whether you're looking at Carl Anthony Towns, ownership isn't willing to go out and make those tough moves. That's what so many fans complain about. And now you see the Chicago Bulls go out there and make that move. So I loved the move for them. Uh, Orlando. Uh, I, I think he kind of messed up a little bit by taking by allowing the pick this year to be protected. That might not matter. But in the off chance that it does ending up matter, that could be that could hurt pretty deep. Like that would really, really suck if, if it does not convey to Orlando. Um, but you get a nice piece in Wendell Carter, Jr., Um, so I just, I don't know who, who knows in that draft, they picked Mo Bamba one pick above Wendell Carter jr. So, uh, I think it's, that's a little interesting looking back at it, but anyway, for Chicago, this is an excellent pickup. In my opinion, doesn't necessarily take them into, into title contention, but it shows that you're trying, it proves something to your superstar, to your fan base. And it immediately changes the position of where you are currently. What were your thoughts?
0: No, I think you hit on everything. Absolutely, I think it gives them a direction, something that yes, Chicago exactly. fans for so long have been waiting for. Uh, the most vocal Chicago fan I think I follow on Twitter is Dan Katz, Big Cat at Barstool Sports. <laughs> that guy's a ride or die Chicago sports fan, and the poor mm-hmm. guy has just been struggling as a Bulls fan. <laughs> and so, I, I think I think you mentioned it doesn't it doesn't launch them into contention by any means, but I think it makes them a playoff team. And it and it gives them um, a direction moving forward. So I love it. You, you talked about the, the pick not being protected. I don't think it will end up mattering. Right now, Chicago is is slotted to be the ninth pick, and obviously we have seen picks fly up in this lottery system. Um, but I expect them to be a little better now that they've added Vooch. Right. Um, and so I think they'll they'll climb up up the lottery stand or I guess down the lottery standings up the Eastern conference standings and further out of pick contention. So um, I, I I like to think they launched themselves into playoff contention, but obviously right. the play-in situation is going to make things interesting this year. Um, I don't think Orlando's going to have to worry about that, but you never know. Um, as far as Orlando, they they kind of hit the fire sale button on everything. They moved away from Aaron Gordon, moved away from Vucevic. I don't hate that. They've got great young pieces still, and they picked up some more young pieces. So like I, I looking at it all, I didn't hate it for Orlando. Um, this season obviously wasn't going to do it. And they and they ran it back a couple times now with Vooch uh, and, and it wasn't getting them anywhere this season. So I don't blame them for blowing it up at all. And I, and I kind of like what they did at the trade deadline. Um, the last trade I want to talk about and, and feel free to go back to the Vooch trade if you want to talk about it. Lauren, I actually texted you when this trade went down and I said, <laughs> I don't know that I like this, but since then I've actually gone back and changed my mind. Is the Norman Powell for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney yes. Hood? Yes. Okay. And I didn't. Yes. I don't like this trade more than the Vooch trade. I think that was probably the best trade. It was obviously the biggest trade of the deadline. Yes. Um, but I like this Norman Powell trade a lot. I think, I think I said to you, Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood kind of do combine what Norman Powell I think is gonna do for Portland. Um, and that's what I said at the beginning of the deadline. But When you get to the playoffs, you can't have two guys doing what one guy does. You need somebody to go put the ball in the bucket. And when you look at the Blazers, they've got guys who can do that. And Gary Trent Jr. could do it at some some levels, and Rodney Hood could do that at some levels. Uh, But I think Norman Powell just does it a little better at the next level. And so when you look at – It's a good point. You've got Dame. You've got C.J. McCollum. You know those guys are going to pour it in every night. And then you've got Carmelo and now Norman Powell, who are two guys who can provide that punch off the bench. Uh, I, I kind of want to compare them to the, um, Utah jazz mold. And obviously they don't have a Rudy Gobert, but they've got the Donovan Mitchell. They've got the, um, Mike Conley. They've got the Bogdan Bionovic. They now have the Jordan Clarkson. And so I kind of like what they've done now. I don't think this move is going to put them into the top three of the West. I don't know that they're going to be able to take out the Lakers or the Clippers or even the jazz. Um, But I like this move. I think it's going to help them tremendously. What are your thoughts?
1: So I'm with you. I like the move for Portland. When I saw it, I was like, uh uh-oh, because I did not want the Portland Trailblazers to get Norman Powell. Like, that's a a dangerous, dangerous thing. Uh, The only thing I didn't like about it, and uh, S, if you're listening to this, big fan of the Toronto Raptors, I apologize. I know he was very excited about getting Gary Trent Jr. back. And I love Gary Trent Jr., but – Norman Powell was one of the hottest names on the market, and I was a little disappointed that the Raptors did not get any picks back. That is my only note, my only somewhat complaint, Uh, but Gary Trent Jr., young asset, and I mean, when you go play for, for a different team, sometimes mixing it up, maybe you take on a larger role, maybe you get a fresh start whatever the case may be i mean he's he's got this this opportunity to to show what he's made of so um i think he will step up to the plate i really like him as a player so so for for both sides you know it's it's a good move uh i i think i do think toronto should have gotten at least some picks back but for portland like you said if you can get one guy doing things that doing something that two guys gave you that's a big boost and for portland people keep talking about okay they got dame they got cj and these two will will go off their. i mean like you said that will pour it in but it never seems to be enough they can never get quite over the hump and people after every playoff series are they who are they going to trade they're not trading dame so cj where, where are you getting moved and it never happens portland continues to run it back so when you can add someone like norman powell who can explode for 40 points I mean, yeah, gives you a nice boost. So I'll be real interested to see how things look come playoff time and what this group looks like. So far, Powell has uh, had no problem acclimating into that system. Uh, So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what Portland does come playoff time.
0: For sure. Well, I think that wraps it up for the trade deadline. Lauren, I'm going to scan through real quick. Is there anything you any other trades you want to talk about before we get to our sleepers of the week?
1: Yes. One last note uh, The Another trade that is an honorable mention that I really, really liked was Philadelphia acquiring George Hill. Uh, I think that that was a, an underrated move for, for Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, Tony Bradley has been playing well lately. Joel Embiid has had lots of praise to give him. Uh, and I actually do really like Terrence Ferguson, even though he just, he didn't have too, too much of a role with Philadelphia, but when they had their eyes on Kyle Lowry and didn't really feel like giving up a whole lot in that bidding war, you go and you get someone like George Hill who is immediately going to come in and have an impact and be valuable come playoff time. So I love that move for Philly. What were your thoughts?
0: Absolutely. I can't believe I even left that out. Uh, That was a huge, (laughs) we talked about point guards getting moved around the league. Uh, Playoff teams need guys who can facilitate the ball. Uh, We know the 76ers already have Ben Simmons, but, Anybody else to help lighten the load and help open things up for your playmakers come playoff time, because the game changes. Uh, and George Hill is going to be great. Uh, I, I'm i not surprised at all. He got moved. Uh, and I think that was huge for the 76ers. I agree. All righty, Lauren. Well, do you have your sleepers for the week? Before, before you get started, I do have to say my poor Aggie women got knocked out last night. We're recording this on March 28th, Sunday night. We lost to the Arizona Wildcats last night. They hit an absurd amount of threes. They were just killing us from behind the line. Um, They played an amazing game. They absolutely deserved it. I hated to see my Aggie women knocked out, but it's March. That's how it goes. Lauren, who are your sleepers this week?
1: So I got two for you. I'm trying to keep it, trying to keep it condensed. Number one, without a doubt, Moses Brown. Moses Brown has gone from a G League, uh, staple maybe that's the wrong word but he just see he's there night in night out in that g league and he's been there for a minute and now he's got his shot with this okc team and he has been putting up numbers uh last night oh god who did they go up against last night that's killing me um he dominated i believe it was the celtics i could be getting it wrong hold on i'm trying to pull it up um but he just, he dominated and he's, he's so he's got good. Yeah. Okay. He went up, they went up against the Celtics. Yes. And he, that, like that's not an easy team. Like they've got, whether you got grant, grant Williams, Robert Williams, like they've got solid players. And so to go up and make your presence known, he's got good patience under the rim. He's solid with the pump fakes. He goes up strong and he earned himself a multi-year deal today with the Oklahoma city thunder. So I love seeing these G league guys get their shot and turning it into multi-year deals. So he gets my, uh, my vote for sleeper of the week. I also have to shout out uh, Dallas Maverick, Josh green for coming in the other night, putting up seven quick points, bringing lots of energy. You know, I'm a big Josh green fan. So uh, he gets the nod from me as well. Who wore your sleepers
0: of the week? Yeah. If you did not mention Moses Brown, I absolutely was going to, um, I think one I'm going to throw out Harrison Barnes. The guy had a game winner last Ooh, night. I like it for Sacramento. Uh, There were rumors, obviously, flying around about him potentially getting moved this deadline. Um, And, of course, like the true um, class, high-class professional that he is shakes it all off, goes and hits a big game winner. So I love that for him. Tim Hardaway last night also pouring it in. Helps that Luca and Porzingis were not in there to get all the shots, Uh, but he stepped up. Obviously, it wasn't enough for the Mavs as they fell to the Pelicans, but love to see that for Tim. Had a good night. Um, but I think that that's all the sleepers I have, Lauren. If you don't have anything, we'll send it off. All righty, catch you all next week.